Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Good morning, Bill. Morning, James. How are you today? Outstanding. So episode 22 is 22. ready to roll. I'll tell you what, the holidays are true. They're full in full effect. And I don't know, I, I'm, I love Christmas. I'm ready for Christmas to kind of get here, to kind of do the thing. And then next year is going to be like crazy gonzo in business. It's so going to be it's going to be a great year. I'm, I'm pretty sure. excited about it. I'm excited about today. I'm, our guest today is uh, Bonnie uh, Gisrael Magerer. Very good. Oh, man. Oh, I can hardly wait to get into this, too, because just sitting around here for five or ten minutes, just chatting with her, I'm going, this is going to be fun. I know. So, Bonnie, welcome. Hey. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I, I've known Bonnie now for a couple of years. Um, yep. She's a fabulous woman. Um, you are a business coach. You are the owner of Be Powered Business Consulting. Consulting. Yeah. And um, I just, I've, I've had a, a real joy just you being in my life for all these years. Um, and I'm so happy you're here. I would love our audience to kind of know who you are, what you do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I own Be Powered Consulting, and I do coaching and training, and uh, I do some speaking. Um, I do a lot of uh, work in leadership and a lot with small businesses. So I was mm. sort of thrilled when you asked me to come on, and yeah. that's your intro is it's all about the small entrepreneur, because mm -hmm. yep. that is that is my wheelhouse of people for sure. People that are trying to grow and change and take their business to the next level or figure out how to be better at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because you don't, you're not a consultant, you're a coach, right? Mm -hmm. And many people, like there's a lot of generic business names. I'm in such and such solutions. Yeah. Like, what, I'm, in, I'm a consultant. What do you consult? You are a business coach. And um, what I've learned about you is that you don't have just a set set of rules and here's my 10 lessons that I'm going to teach. Nope. You literally custom fit every teaching you do for the business that you're working with. And that's in part because of your background. You've got an extensive background in entrepreneurship. And so maybe you can get into that a little bit, kind of like, where did you come from and what makes you a good coach? Um, wow. So my, my entrepreneurial journey for me started early. Um, I had an opportunity in my early 20s to um, stick my name as an owner of a construction company. And I didn't actually know how to build anything, mm -hmm. uh, which I figured out very quickly. Um, but I had been in um, marketing class, which really was a business class all through high school. And that's what I was actually studying in college was um, international business. And I found myself in a position where I knew a lot, but I did I know everything. So I took on this opportunity and I kept reading and kept learning and kept growing and kept kept going. And people started asking me questions about how how do you do that? How do I figure this out? Well, when you're in construction, there's a natural lead into real estate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it all started to fall together. So my construction and real estate took me through most of my 20s and my 30s. You don't come out of that world. But through that process, everyone I was meeting, hey, can you help me grow? Hey, I, I, I'm off on my numbers. Real estate agents were the best. I'm off. How do I fix this? Where do, where, how can I be better? And I had my own brokerage at the time. And this is years ago. 
and I'm sitting at my kitchen table and there's a real estate agent sitting across from me. She'd been at my kitchen table every Wednesday night for about six months. Mm -hmm. She needed some help Mm -hmm. just staying accountable to what she wanted to do for her business and her family. I said, sure, just come have coffee with me once a week. It'll be fine. And my late husband comes in the door and looks at her and looks at me and he goes, you know, she could get paid to do this. And she laughed and she said, actually, my husband and I have spent a lot of time the last week talking just about that. Because if I was paying what they called back then a real estate coach, Mm -hmm. what would that look like? How much money would I be paying them? Because, you know, so she comes back the next week. She has a check. She flips it over. She sends it across the table. I laugh hysterically. I'm like, I'm not even touching that check. So we start talking and she said, honestly, you've quadrupled my business in six months by just keeping me accountable to to what I said I wanted to do. She's like, you didn't tell me what to do. You just kept me accountable to what I said I wanted to do. And I've not been able to do this. And I've been in this business for five years. Mm. So I didn't change anything. Somebody just kept tabs on what I needed to be, where I needed to be. So she left. I'm still laughing. I Mm. turned that check over. I stopped laughing. And I was like, wait, wait, I can do this doing this mm-hmm. and I, and I, I'm not thinking about it. This is just who I am. So I started doing a ton of research and started reading and started researching and started taking seminars and classes on coaching and consulting and teaching and training and finding out I'm doing those things naturally anyway. Mm-hmm. And it really became sort of this open moment of that's my wheelhouse. So as years went on, I was still doing it naturally with everybody I met. Mm. Um, and I decided it was time to make that the reality of what I was going to do for a full-time job. Wow. And it, it was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we had multiple businesses. My, my late husband and I owned several other businesses in the middle of all of that. Um, and you just watch the things that happen to small entrepreneurs, other business partners who own their businesses. You learn, you fail. Like, mm-hmm. my, my, I'm a big fan. Everyone needs to read John Maxwell's Failing Forward. Mm-hmm. And there's a teenage book out now for your teenager. Oh, your, every teenager needs to nice. read that, too. Um, because you have to learn that you're not going to be the winner every time. You're going to fail. And then what do you do on the other side? So I have failed plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take all of that, and I've taught and trained on all kinds of subjects for years, um, so I just took all that into my business and said, how do I make this me and not that? Mm-hmm. Because in the industry, a consultant, as you said, come on, like everybody could say I'm a consultant, right? right. So that's the title of my company, but really I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. My job is to come in and help you figure out whatever it is you're doing in business that you want to change or do, right? So I have people that come to me and say, hey, I, I want to do a joint venture. I want to grow. I want to expand. I want to shrink. I want to retire. How do I bring people up? What do I do? Sure, let's figure it out. I come in, I get to know the company really well. And that's something different. Most consultants don't do that. They're only talking to the owner that called them mm-hmm. or the VP that called them or the mm. HR that called them. I want to know the company. What are the meats? What are the what are the bones of the company? How does it all work together? Mine's like the business therapist. <laughs> oh, I like that. She, <laughs> that's cute. So so like like I just need someone to talk to in business. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll call yeah. Bonnie. She's my and, therapist. And, you know what? I and I have to think yeah. that that's that applies to uh, businesses of all sizes. I've I've actually heard James say before. Listen, Tiger Woods, world's greatest golfer, but he still has a coach. Mm-hmm. He has somebody working with him every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So guess what? Mm-hmm. I have a coach. Do yeah. you? Absolutely. I oh, do. that is. I have a business coach who okay. keeps me accountable to what I've said I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so when people ask me, "Well, you're a coach," 
do you, do you believe in coaching? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have a coach. I have a, I have a business coach that keeps me accountable to my numbers, to my plan, what I say I'm going to do. Well, that certainly gives you credibility, doesn't it? It it does. I, I laugh though. I like, I say in our meeting that, that James and I are in once a week, I'm not a cookie cutter anything. Everything is custom to the person and what they need. When I come into true executive coaching where they're they're trying to figure things out, I also ask about their lives. What is what's happening in their personal lives? What's mm. happening, you know, in their health? Are are you good in those other areas? Because if you're not, what happens to your business? Therapist. Mm. What's your relationship like with your mother and father? No, I don't ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I don't do those two things, those areas, but I will help them find the help that they need or the places that they need to, if their health is the issue, their family's the issue, personal lives, whatever's going on, Mm -hmm. that they own the business. They're bringing that to work. That's walking in the door with them. That affects their entire team. And the team sees it. And the team sees it. it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And the team starts to worry. Is it business? Are we not making money? Am I going to have yeah. a job tomorrow? And especially when you're a small business. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you do you see a theme that runs through businesses? Like maybe there's a couple of things that usually stand out to you as things that need to be addressed in businesses? Um, leadership, being good to their people, mm-hmm. treating their people like they would want to be treated. That is lacking across the board. And that's that's in every company, mm-hmm. big or small. It's not not just um, not just small entrepreneurial companies. You know, most entrepreneurs didn't go to school to be an entrepreneur. Right. They got no training. That's right. They they have a skill. They're bur- they're good at it, and they've made it work. And they've gotten to a point, and their staff hates them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, why does your staff not like you? You you need some skills to learn to teach those people right? You have to learn to communicate with your staff and treat them the way that you want to be treated Mm -hmm. and create an environment, right? The environment's the big thing. That culture, culture. we all talk about culture, culture code. That culture becomes so important. So what is the leader doing that's causing that, that piece? They weren't taught to be a leader. They didn't, they didn't grow up in a, in a corporation where the leader it's taught, you're taught how to be the leader and grow the people under you. No one's doing that mm-hmm. They're They had the skill, they were great at it. Now they're yeah. winging it. You oh. know what? That, to some degree, that's the situation we had um, at hole in the wall because mm-hmm. I, I was that entrepreneur and I knew how to run myself really well. And I knew how to run a couple of people. Um, but as the company grew, there were, there were, th- things that needed to be done. And I remember when James uh, first came in, because he came in from a $100 million company, and he was talking about things that weren't even on my radar. Right. You know, just simple things like, we really need to not have Gmail addresses. We really need to, you know, start buying trucks. We, you know, stuff that just wasn't. And and the thing that impressed me the most was he began to implement uh, programs to... Um, uh, to be able to brag, a brag board, remember that? Mm-hmm. And we still run it. If you look on the way out, the I, employees can brag on each other. I we it, can brag I on I said them. it when I walked in Is that right? to the you general manager it. that I really love the brag board. Right. <laughs> like, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Listen, I've been a part of so many employee, you know, of the month programs. They all fail. They just mm-hmm. never work. They aren't genuine. And I wanted the ability for my employees, because they don't always see the reviews they get online, or, or if a customer calls up and says, I just want you to know, this guy was great. Well, hmm. they may not leave a review, but so we'll we'll brag them. I or love it. if another employee 
wants to say, you know what, Bonnie did a great job today. I learned a lot from her. I can brag you and put it on the board. And so now we do peer peer brags too. That's perfect. And then, of course, then we reward them. Who's yeah, the most brags, wins an award, and then we draw the name of the hat for a big prize at the end of the year. One of the things that I came across years ago was, you know, I was in, in, in the entertainment industry for, for decades, and you can be a really good technician. You can be a really good drywall technician, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager of people, right? So I've had a lot of crappy jobs in my life, and I've been um, an employee of a lot of crappy managers. And so I realized that I didn't want to be a crappy boss. And so that's why I, um, I tried to at least help them through that process a little bit. But I'm sure you see a ton of it. Listen, you could be a good mechanic. You could be a great mechanic. You could rebuild diesel engines, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great boss running other mechanics. That's why a lot of people in construction, they yell and they cuss and they throw things at each other. It's like we call ourselves the undrywall company because we're not like your typical drywall company. We're not out there yelling at people and we want them to feel like part of our family. Management by shouting, it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Culture. You're creating, I'm sure you see that a lot. You're creating a culture within your company, the culture you want to be a part of mm-hmm. and share. Since you, you know, we've got franchises going, we're going to share that culture Absolutely. across the United States. Yeah. So that culture becomes really important. And yes, managers. <laughs> They're my favorite, yelling and screaming construction managers, because that's I have I have been a witness to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they don't know any better. They they don't know. No one's taught them how to communicate properly. Mm-hmm. And we talked about communication before the podcast a little bit. Communication's a big deal these days. Mm-hmm. Our youngsters are not learning it. No, they're not learning it like like we did when we were growing up. We can't lead by emoji. We cannot lead by emojis. Oh. And please, 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 please do not. If you are an entrepreneur, do not send emoji text messages to your people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> please don't do it. No. Complete sentences with yeah. all proper Free grammar. coaching right there. Yeah, yeah. don't, don't do send that. Emojis. Like, don't send emojis. Capitalize your first letter. <laughs> yes, please. And then Capitalize. punctuation. Yes. And no, no, no three letter, you know. No, don't do any of those OMG, things. OMG, we can't do that now? No, oh. no MGs. No. <laughs> LOL. No, please. Yes, no, no. We want to set professionalism. So our managers are struggling and they're yelling. So they're teaching the next generation that they don't have to be professional. Mm-hmm. That's that's not okay. But that comes from the top. Right. It comes from the top, the yeah. owners. What's yeah. the owner and the culture of the company? Mm-hmm. What are you putting out there? Yeah. And I and I would say to James's credit, and, and frankly, it's my personality too, but we have been really intentional uh, about creating a positive culture like that. If I raise my voice, it's a really urgent issue. I I, I rarely raise my voice. And when I do, they're like, oh, James just yelled, oh, what's going on? Um, yeah, you don't seem the type to yell. No, he's Unless not, your, he's, your button mm, has been well pushed. No, nah, I don't yeah. think he's ever yelled at me, and I can really... I don't yell at you. I, can, <laughs> I, don't, I just... Yeah. I, I, I also realize that I get more by not yelling than yelling. Because mm-hmm. when someone comes at me... I get defensive oh, and yeah. I get, they are like, how dare you? And I go, my, my, my fists come up and I'm blocking their punches. Yeah. And, and the likely, the likely result you're going to get is an employee just dug his heels in. Yeah. Have you ever done a disc evaluation? Years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. She's a disc person. We're going to get into that. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can do some of that. And it's, um, it's fascinating because that's yeah. probably in your behavioral style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, emotional intelligence is another one that you guys can do. It's a, quiz, you buy the book and take the quiz. 
Um, that's fascinating because you find out between the disc and, and the um, emotional intelligence, you're like, oh, yeah, this is me. This is, this is mm. how I function. And if there's moments where you know you need to adjust those things professionally, those are great things to have, something to encourage your leaders to do, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs to go, go, go do those two tests. You can do them online. Um, if you want somebody to explain them to you, you you're going to have to pay for that. But sure. you can get the test and at least start reading and figuring out like, oh, this is how I act that way and this is why. And here's, here's my pressure points. And mm. I always laugh because people are like, you've got to be, you know, a high D. I'm like, mm. yep. I might be, <laughs> you know, so it's interesting. I, f- I forgot what I was. Yeah. It was good. Whatever it was, it was a good, well, it was if, a good score. If you still, if you still have it, uh-huh. it's, it's good to find it and then retake it and see, because where you were when you took that and where you are now professionally, yeah. it's different. It's gotta be. Do 12, you find that those shift over so you, time in so, a person? So you have two styles. Okay. You have your natural style, the person you are all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have an adaptive style. Your adaptive style is usually the one that shows up at work. Mm. You've adapted to the environment you're in to be the highest functioning person you can be. So it's interesting because some people, there's a shift mm. between their two styles. But if you make them mad mm-hmm. and you push the button, mm. that natural style is going to show up. So whatever that personality is, that's the one that's going to come. That's the one that's going to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, they're overwhelmed. They're frustrated. They're angry. That's what's going to pop. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. What was a politician? Some like. Stay calm, but carry a big stick or something. Oh, that, like that. was uh, Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, Theodore I, Roosevelt. I heard that years ago. I was like, "That's all right." Yeah, I got big sticks, but I want to be calm. I would rather just be calm. Actually, I got, I got, I'm not insulted, Mike, but Mike says, "James, you don't have any emotions." I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, "Whenever a problem happens, you don't react to it." I go, "What good comes with reactions?" Every time you react to something, someone cuts you off in traffic, you flip them off. They get mad. They, they want, yeah, it's, a, it's essentially a release of emotion, immediate mm-hmm. emotion. And if I'm, if I'm yelling or reacting, I'm not thinking clearly the situation. So you have to be able to think clearly. I got a customer calls, and I'm not happy with the way it works, and we know we did it right. Well, I could like be like, oh, she's nuts, you know? And, well, that reaction will get us nowhere. It's, it, and frankly, the time suck. It'll just waste all your time and energy. Focusing on the things you can't control, and so I think like, I just I push pause, I digest, and then I call it mental chewing, and then we figure it out. You know, I, I, I feel sometimes you have the firefighters hat on all the time, um, and I was like, well, I got emotion, but I'm not going to be emotional. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm a crier. I watch. I cry. I can. You know, Titanic made me tear up. It's okay. I'm well, and there's rules for people that don't do that well. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Set a timer on your phone. We all have one. Set a timer in front of walk away. Give yourself 15 minutes mm-hmm. and take a deep breath before you let that reaction happen. Let your yeah. brain catch up. You know, not everybody's good at that, mm-hmm. right? Your brain has to catch up sometimes. And sometimes you need to take that that instant reaction if you can get angry quick and walk away with it and yeah. then rethink it and come back. I'm, I'm curious, do you, do you find that people that maybe don't do that well, can that be a learned behavior? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's tips and tricks and tools. It's what I give a lot of, you know, coaching clients too. Mm-hmm. It's the little, little things like that. Like, you know, if you have an employee that always sends you a text message that they don't understand something or they don't know, or how they keep asking you the same question, you know, they know the answer. You've told them this is the answer a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Don't answer that text message for 15 minutes and then call them back or don't answer the phone when you know it's the problem. Give them 15 minutes. In that 15 minutes, they're going to figure out, they're going to figure it out. Mm, that's good advice. 90% yeah, of the advice. time. Or they're going to say, 
oh yeah, you had told me, so I just did that. Or I think I'm thinking this, this, they're given to give you the answer without you having to give it to them again. And the next time they're not going to call you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we have a lot of entrepreneurs when you've got people out on job sites and all kinds of things, your phone rings nonstop. They're yeah, asking absolutely. a million questions. Yep. Well, if you know, someone knows the answer, they just keep looking for you to, you know, verify it. Give them a second. Don't answer the phone right away. Don't respond to the text message right away. Give them a minute. Give them that 15-minute space and then call them back or text them back. And that's a real opportunity for growth for that individual Mm -hmm. as well, right? It is. And it stops that constant need for you to always tell them the thing they already know Mm -hmm. because that happens a lot. And services industries, it's very heavy because they don't want to make a mistake even though they know the answer. When we launch a brand new lead, like they come in, they work as helpers typically, and then we say, okay, you're ready. And then we give them the keys to a truck and we give them, you know, their own jobs. So the new employee, when they go out in the field, they always, you know, they, they, they have this tie to the office. And so God bless Mike, he's getting the phone calls and the text messages uh, on, a, on, on an hourly basis, multiple times an hour. And so we have to kind of wean them off mm-hmm. that a little bit. Like we are here to back you up, but you can do this. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of thing. And so that's, it's a challenge. And, and, and we're still going through that process. We're still kind of learning the best way to do that. And then what I'd learned years ago is that every person is different. They receive criticism, they receive teaching, they receive management, completely different. I had one guy's like, oh man, that's disrespectful. You know, I can't believe you, you, we asked him, hey, do me a favor and take some after pictures of the job. And he was like, why do you keep asking me that? Because you don't take after pictures, and we need the after pictures to give to the the business that hired us to pay us. But I've been doing this thirty years, and you're disrespecting me. Mm-hmm. And he just received it as like a disrespect. Like, no, this is process. Before and after pictures, please make sure you use the right sign off forms. And he just couldn't hang. Yeah, he, he showed himself the exit pretty yeah. soon. He, he didn't align with who we were as yeah. a company, and he just found his way out the door. This himself actually. Well, and it's his, it's his own behavioral style. Mm-hmm. So his behavioral mm-hmm. style was, I did my job. You don't need to come behind me. Yeah. I'm, yep. an, I'm an independent. I, I, yeah. I did the job. It's, it's probably perfect, but I don't need you to micromanage me. Mm-hmm. And that's behavioral style for sure. Yeah. And it's across, you can find all kinds of people like that. Mm-hmm. And I just did a class recently where someone was like, I don't like the direct statements that I get an email from my direct supervisor. I said, okay, go ask them how they communicate. Mm-hmm. Cause you're taking it personally, but they're just giving you the direct details. Right. There's no fluff. And she's like, Oh, I need some fluff. And I was like, apparently you do. And I was like, <laughs> but you have to talk to her. So you either need to read her emails and say, that's just what she needs. You know, does she walk by your desk and tell you you did a great job occasionally? She's like, mm-hmm. yeah, all the time. I'm like, you got to take that. She's mm-hmm. never going to send you an email that's fluffy. Right. She's like, oh, it's behavioral style. You have to learn the behavioral style. So what offends you might not offend me, but might offend you. you know, it's just all different. Yeah. Right. No and, and if that person that's got to execute your orders yeah. needs that fluff as yeah. a manager, mm-hmm. you, you, you're you right. You, mm-hmm. you add the fluff. Yeah. You need to know who's working for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you need to know how they work. Um, yeah. I liked that James was telling me, you know, they... Um, 
you, you know your employees' pieces of information. So when they do good and you're going to give them something, it's very specific to the things they like. Something they value. Like, yes. So um, the Love Languages book, have you guys read that? Oh, yeah. Uh, my, right? Did I mention my wife is a social worker by trade? Been yeah. married. So <laughs> Four kids. I, I did that in a corporate office last year. Wow. And um, the boss is really struggling. He's like, I've thrown money at these people. I can't get them to do more. His higher level people. He was whining. He's been in coaching with me for a while. We'd really shifted the dynamic. Everything seemed good, but I was like, something still isn't right. I sent them all home with the Love Languages book. I brought them all back in two days later. We did, we did the book. Mm-hmm. And I went around the room and had everybody tell me what their love languages were. And I had him as the boss write it on the whiteboard. Boss is looking at me. He's like, how's this going to work? And I said, okay. I said, so did any, his considered his admin because she's high, high end admin part of his management team. So she's in the room. I said, do you know that you just need to send her flowers and her face lit up? Oh, <laughs> like she needs, she needed that recognition on a different space. And so we go around the room and everybody's talking. And then he and I have a one-to-one directly after this meeting. And he said, Seriously, I don't need to throw bonus money at these people. I just need to buy her flowers. I said, "Oh no, 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 no. You still need to do that because that's part of their that's part of their package." Yep. But they need to know that you care on their level. What's important to them? He's like, "Well, I can't hug, you know, the one that said I'm I'm a touch person." I said, "No, but you can high five him." Mm-hmm. And you can tell him publicly what a great job you did and I'm so proud of how we're moving forward. He's like, "You've got to be kidding me." And I was like, Give me 30 days, mm-hmm. put it into practice, do it for 30 days. We got to the 30 days. His admin is beaming when I come in to meet him, beaming from side to side. She's like, I like this boss better. <laughs> I was like, okay, just because you're getting flowers or whatever. And she's like, he just shifted this month. Mm-hmm. So we do our one to one. I was like, okay. I said, keep going. Nice. So we get to the 90 days, you know, it's time to look at money and how, how, how they're all doing. And he calls me. So before our meeting, like he calls me, he said, I want to tell you something. He goes, you know that productivity number I kept whining about? I said, yeah. He goes, they doubled it. <gasps> Just that by taking gr- care of the people mm. and being appreciated the way they wanted to be appreciated and taken care of. Wow. Things that were important to them and the yeah. things that they liked. Wow. Not what the boss thought was so important. Because in his world, money was the only thing. Like, if you wanted to be nice to that man, you needed to write him a check. Mm, yeah, okay. He only cared about that. Mm. But the people that he hired and the people that had been working for him forever, not one of them was money-driven. There are people that are, for sure. Right. But that didn't drive them. That mm-hmm. didn't make them want to do better. It was the encouragement and the kind words. And then, you know, as silly as that sounds, it was all those things. And now I understand, and I haven't seen it, but um, Love Languages came out with a corporate book oh. for businesses. Yeah, I was like, I that's going in my my book list for this coming year for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, like it makes an impact how you know your people. So I I love that. Like every everybody in business should remember how to take care of the people that work for them. And it's not always money. Now everybody likes money. We need it all to live. Yeah. But it's not always. I gave you a twenty thousand dollar bonus this year. You should you should be grateful. Should you? Hmm. If you don't feel valued or appreciated. Yep. No. Nobody does. Like that's a big struggle. Big corp, big corporations and small all have that same struggle. Well, we realize that that we would love to pay our employees double what they're making, but we can't, right? <clears throat> so how do you draw that out of them, even though you can't pay them, but you want to pay them? 
and you just create a, a better culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially the younger the younger uh, generation, they want to feel part of something. And the glory of, of us is that, you know, when we finish a project, we're men. We like to beat our chest and I, oh, I did that, you know, we just kind of be here. And so they do that on a daily basis, sometimes two or three times a day. Yeah. And so, but applauding them for those successes, it's kind of why I do the brag board. It's why we do company lunches and breakfasts, just because I can't, I can't give you everything I want to give you, but what I can do is make you an integral part of our family. And, and we have a lot of younger guys. And um, that generation is different than mine. I mean, I I grew up in a world where I, I don't mind working 78 hours a week and traveling. And but the younger generation doesn't doesn't want that. They're like, I would I would sacrifice dollars for a quality of life. Mm-hmm. I will sacrifice dollars to be part of something that makes me feel better than than I was feeling in my last job. So something bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, they want to feel a piece or a part of the puzzle. Yes. of where you're going. Right. And celebrating your successes as you guys open franchises with this starter team that's here mm-hmm. will be a big deal too. Taking um, care of them. You make me you make me think to to mention that one of the one of the side benefits of starting the podcast that we never crossed our radar, never thought about. We we did think that there were small businesses that might be able to pick up um, tips and ideas from us, maybe inspiration. Uh, we thought that uh, potential franchisees would be able to get to know us um, to see how authentic we are. But the surprise to us was that the employees of this company began listening to the podcast. I was just about to say this. What a great, and it's, such a great story. And it's, That's amazing. And it's absolutely amazing. And they're like, it's, it's as though they're sitting in private meetings with us at, at the headquarters here mm-hmm. at this company and understanding our thinking and our heart and our direction and boy, that was just and not just our leads, but like our helpers, our, our our you know not lead guys, and they're listening to them on job sites, and then all of a sudden the homeowners are coming in, and they're going, well, "What are you, what are you listening to?" He says, "Oh, this is my my our my, company our does podcast." podcast. <laughs> what about con- so? All of a sudden, we have all our employees, and now they they kind of know some of the insider. They peel back the curtain, like I said in the intro. They get to see what's going on in our brains and what we do in the company when they're not here, and. It was such a huge benefit. We had one of our employees, Fred, comes in. Hi, Fred. I know you're going to listen. Shout out to Fred. He's also in our new brochure. He's got a great smile. Yeah. And and Fred says, oh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast on. And we're like, what? What You were doing what? Oh, yeah. And the, and the homeowner was commenting. He wears a speaker on his belt. So when they're when it's not you know too loud, he'll he'll play things on his, on, while he's working. And I he left the office. And Bill and I looked at each other, smiling, almost crying. We were so happy. Because of just that, you know, that that one conversation. Yeah, that's great. And you know, you've got them, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. When when they're saying, "I'm all caught up." When's the next one dropping? Mm-hmm. When's the next that's podcast amazing. out? Amazing. I yeah. love that. Your yeah. that's part of culture, though. You're creating yes. that culture on top of that. Mm-hmm. And as you guys grow, this is national. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. sharing this with all these other people too. Like mm-hmm. they can really know who you are. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, we don't always have guests, so sometimes we'll, you know, Bill will have a great idea or a, a, a blog post or just a comment. So it's just the two of us, and we did one on alignment a few weeks ago, and you know, and this is how we are as a company and aligning with the company versus the company trying to align with the employee. And it was, and a half hour podcast, probably one of my best podcasts ever. The comment I got from one of our employees was, "Oh, you could have gone twice as long." That was great. You know, like, I said, well, what's, what's the new one coming out? It's, oh, yeah, it's 45 minutes. Oh, man. 
can't you make them longer? Because they're on a job site working all day. They're working eight hours. They want to they want to hear, you know, these long forms. Can't, I don't want to do an hour podcast. I don't yeah, no. often, but no, but that's great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Yeah, well, good we, for we you stu- guys. That's a yeah, big it, deal. To be fair, it wasn't planned. We stumbled into that. Okay? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take. Uh, I'll, the, t- no, I'll but, take lucky over being good sometimes. But, but yeah. it also says you you launched something. Your employees were oh okay. It's part of the company. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen. Figure this out. Right. You didn't say go listen to it. You have to. They're doing it on their own because mm-hmm. it's part of the company. So you've created right. a culture that they feel like. They're a piece of the puzzle. Right. And they're part of something bigger. They're and they now get bigger. to see that we can say the words franchise. That yep. means nothing to somebody no. unless they like kind of dig into it a little bit. We kind mm-hmm. of give them that insight. So And they can follow along mm-hmm. in real time. Yeah. I like that. All right. So we are in December. And so people may not be listening to this in December, but <laughs> the year's almost over. And I know you're coaching uh, businesses on what to do for next year, first quarter, second quarter. So without giving away the keys to the kingdom, do you have any words of wisdom, any advice on what small business owners are doing or should be doing to look forward to next year? Well, I'll be mean right up front. If Mm. you have not put your plan together for next year, you're behind. Mm. You are behind. Make it open. But but it's never too late to Mm. put your plan together. You should have a plan in writing as a small business, an entrepreneur, what is my plan for next year in writing? What do I plan to do? Who are my new clients I'm going to go after? What level of business do I want to do? What kind of education do I want to give myself? Do I need to do um, some more training in my industry? Do I need to take a seminar based on um, you know, something that I just want to learn? Where, where am I going? What do I want to do? If you don't have a plan for next year, you're already behind. Mm-hmm. You got to have a plan. Where, where am I going? What am I doing? And Everybody wants to talk money, right? Your accountant's like, you got to have a financial plan because, you know, how you're going to pay your bills. Right. But if you don't have a business plan, you don't have a financial plan either, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't, you, if you haven't strategically looked at what happened this year, um, and, and we're looking back over the years, I have people do that. It's hard because COVID shifted people's businesses and how they were running. Um, but really look at this last year because this last year should have been kind of a recovery year for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Yeah, what no, did, I think it was for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what did you do this year? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do better next year? How much do you want to do better? What's the percentage? Well, I find you can have goals like, oh, I oh, want to make yeah. X number of dollars. But how? Yeah, how? How are we going to get there? Right. Are you going to do the exact same thing you've been doing the past five years? Mm-hmm. Or do you have a plan to get to those goals? Right. So, And we and we, we have a lot of goals for next year. We have a lot of ideas, X number of franchises. We want to grow the company. We want to have more leads, more vehicles. Is it written down? No, it's not. So we may have to be talking to Bonnie here later. Okay, I just yeah. gave them both a dirty look just because you can't see my face. Um, because they're at a really high level in this room, and that plan needs to be written down for sure. I have a plan for next year. It's called Talk to Bonnie. Engage oh, Bonnie. Oh, I like this. It literally, that's what it says on his piece of paper is the plan is to, to, to talk yeah. to me. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. You've you got to have a plan in writing, and, and even and, – and, even I do, even though my clients come as the year goes on, I still have a plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I look at where I am at the end of my first quarter, okay, not not where I want to be. Okay, what do I need to shift? Am I not in the right rooms? What's happening? So we all have to be doing that on right. an ongoing basis. So well, first quarter is important. Like first quarter of the year, you need to launch. You need yeah. to take care of yourself, make sure that you're healthy, mm-hmm. that you're giving everything to the business you can. 
Um, well, you mentioned, you know, how are you going to educate yourself? I'm like, yeah, they actually have a formal plan mm -hmm. for education, whether it's I'm going to listen to excellent podcasts or take a course or read a book or I'm not a big, a big reader. I consume content other ways, but maybe it's a challenge that, well, you should read this new love language book or we need to, you know, um, I like having, you know, it's one thing to have a business plan, but to have an education plan. That's one thing I missed about my last job is that they had a program where they would pay me to go take classes. Mm -hmm. I was so busy working. I was so busy doing the job that I didn't take them up on their offer very often. And I left knowledge on the table that I probably could have yeah. uh, done. So I like that idea. Yeah. And I do it personally. So I don't ever try to tell a client to do something I don't do. So I do it personally. So that the, the the 1st of January, I pull all the books that were recommended to me this last year, um, and I decide which ones I, I truly want to try to put in my reading list. Um, and my coach challenged me last year to read 24 books. Oh, my. What? So I bought 24 books on January 1st, and I put them on the edge of my desk. I'm truly impressed. In a pile. And mm -hmm. as I read, they went to the next pile. The problem with this year is I had lots of clients that were going through things. Um, or asked me to come in and teach things. Well, I do a ton of research. I, I, I'm not winging that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm coming in with my own knowledge and all the research I can to do the best I can for the client. So I discovered along the way that there's still a pile of books on my desk, but the pile that I've read mm. has 24 books in it. Right. Actually, it has more mm. because I need it to. But the pile that I still need to read gets transferred to next year because those clearly weren't on the list of what any client needed. Mm -hmm. So that was more important. So I probably bought 40 some books this mm. last year um, because I, I'm trying to educate myself along the way, but I take seminars and classes and I do a lot of kind of outside things to grow myself, right. not always to network. And that's the thing else. Entrepreneurs get stuck and no, everything's about networking. I'll, I'll go to this class cause I can network. No, go to that class because you're going to walk away with something you need personally whatever that is for your business. You need to figure out how to do your accounting better or, yes. or your finances better, or you need to understand your leadership role and, and culture better. Go take those seminars, yeah. go take those things because those are just going to help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Did they're you, not um, necessarily like, you are, know, are you familiar with the book, the e-myth? I am. So one of the concepts in that book is that the entrepreneur is this superhuman mm -hmm. who can just do everything well. And that's that's absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. And you kind of touched on it a minute ago. Nope. Um, you may be somebody that's a hard charger, but you're not really good at setting goals. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to educate yourself, number one. Number two, build in people around you that can help make up those deficiencies. Uh, James and I, we're, we're very different people. But there's enough overlap there to keep it interesting. But I'll say to him once in a while, if both of us were the same, one of us is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that actually makes a great partnership. You don't want your partner to be just like you. Right. You don't, yeah. because what you're good at, he's not. What he's good at, you're not. And 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 partnerships, that makes perfect sense. When I have an entrepreneur that's trying to make their first hire, this is my favorite thing. For the next month, I want you to keep a sticky note on the side of your desk, and everything that you do that you hate doing goes on that sticky note. And they think I'm crazy. We get to the end of the month, and I say, okay, what's on the sticky note? Let me have it. Okay, so... This is your job description for the first person you're hiring. Mm -hmm. mm. They're like, what? You oh, that's really That's your good. job description. Yeah, you just really wrote good. your job description. These are the things you hate doing. Yeah. You need somebody who's really good at those things. You don't need another you because an entrepreneur will hire themselves all day long and guess what happens? And they'll drive themselves 
each other notes. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. No way. So go hire that person first, the person of all the things you don't like to do, and put them in place, mm-hmm. right? So it goes back to that. I'm, I am not good at a lot of things. Like, yeah. IT is not my thing. My joke is Santa could bring me my own IT department. I would be in heaven. It is not <laughs> my wheelhouse. I am not good at it. But I know that. So I hire people and get help from people that right. are smart at those things. Mm-hmm. And I give myself that time back. And as a business owner, we all know time is worth our money. Yep. Yeah. And how much money are you worth every minute? And we yeah. talk about a lot about on this podcast, especially as, as outsourcing. Like, mm-hmm. like we had Trish on you know, several months mm-hmm. ago. Love Trish. Now, but it's like we needed someone. I, I could run social media, but when I actually looked at all the touch points I was doing in my marketing, between embroidery and stickers and SEO and pay-per-click and, mm-hmm. and truck logoing, truck logoing and, and writing brochures. And I had all of these, well, I can't afford to go hire a hundred thousand dollar a year marketing, but I could outsource a lot of that to Trish. And so she came on board. She, we actually looked, we only were paying her a few hundred bucks a month at first. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's worth way more than we gotta, we gotta bring her on. So then we just like, I just outsource all that to her. She's now my chief marketing officer. That's all outsourced. That that I can do that without necessarily having to have the burden of of the the full time salary, but the benefit of having this amazing person yep. in my back pocket. That's you know, she's part of our company. I'm going to put her on our new website as our CMO. I love that. that yeah, I actually have a um, an entrepreneur that's that's uh, reached out to me. We're working on their business plan now, and that's exactly what they are: is the outsource company. Whatever you need mm. as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, you need an accountant, you need IT, you need, you need, you need, you need, and they're the account manager. They handle everything for you. You don't stay on hold anymore. You're not hunting for things. They're going to handle it all. That's a great idea. And, they only, a, and the owner has to make one idea. phone call. Yeah. That's right. I'm like, they came to me. They're like, what do you, what do you think of this plan? Like everybody says that you, you'll give me the yes or no. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Including people like me, you know, I'm, I'm on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. When I go on vacation, who answers my phone? Right. Call center. Mm-hmm. He's a call center. You just forward the calls to the call center and they take the messages and send you a nice email. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like, that is brilliant. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that coming really soon. Is good. Yeah, that's yeah, like, that's a company. Really good. Yeah. Wonder if I could put you on the spot for a moment. Sure. For this year, give me your top three to five books somebody should be looking at. Oh, that's tough this year. Um, top three. Take notes, Bill. Give me your top two. Um, give me I, your top book. <laughs> um, Love languages I, for. Oh. I'm a John Maxwell certified coach and trainer. Oh, by the way, I want to. Yeah, any, anything from John yeah, Maxwell. Yeah, right? she, she she won't brag about it, but I saw this cool picture of her and John just a little yeah. or so ago. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll tell that story. And uh, yes, anything from John Maxwell is my favorite, and I have reread and reread, and actually this year. I, um, I've done so much developing leadership um, training classes with groups that I went back and restudied that book because um, I can teach. I can mm. teach John Maxwell products, which is fantastic. But yes, so I got invited to a seminar on leadership. And it was inexpensive, faith-based, because mm-hmm. that's my faith is important to me, faith-based. And I was like, oh, it looks interesting, like opportunity, right? And then the speaker came out and I was like, I paid what? And he's going to speak in a room with 200 people. Mm -hmm. Like I have my certification from him. 
I've been in rooms. There's always a couple thousand people in a room. You you can shake his hand, but you're not really having a conversation or getting anywhere near him. And I actually got to have a conversation with him. Wow. Nice. Like it was, I was wearing my little, I wore my JMT pin and, you know, I'm a John Maxwell. And um, he shook my hand and immediately was like, how's your business? How are you? What are you doing? How can I help you? I mean, it was so servant leader driven. Like my heart was like, okay, I already was a fan and you mm-hmm. just drove it all the way home for me. Like wow. it wasn't about how amazing he is or what he's done. It's the fact that I have my cert- certifications through him. And that was important to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was in a room of 200 people. Like I actually got to talk to him. So yeah, that picture. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, where's your camera? And I'm <laughs> passing it off to someone I don't know. Can you take yeah. a picture? I saw the picture and I was like, I know her. <laughs> I know it's her. me. I know. Yeah. I landed in a magazine for that one. Yeah. 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 Oh, how exciting. Uh, lifestyle, Orlando lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Lifestyle. And now you're on the Hole in the Wall podcast. Man, things are really looking up for you, Bon. This has been a fun year, actually. I've, yeah. I've, I've actually done more than than what's public yet, so mm-hmm. it's been fun. I've I've done a lot of speaking. Well, I was telling Bill too. when I was like, 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 there's there's so much like to unpack with Bonnie <laughs> yeah. that like no, like, he warned me I was going to be really impressed, oh. and and he undersold it. <laughs> well, you oh, well, thank you. <laughs> well, you, you like you put on the screen because you did your presentation yesterday, and you, you, we blew through all the businesses that you've either owned or been invested in. Yes, and I was like, and, I, and I'm like. like does she sleep? Cinema Draft House. Oh. Like, 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 all right. Oh. So, so I know we don't have to listen in front of us, but just rattle off just some of the things that you've been touching in, for your own personal life. Oh, um, so I have been in straight construction, new build. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in real estate on both sides as an agent and, an, and a brokerage owner. Um, I had a remodel repair company or mm-hmm. construction. Um, these are, those are my, those are my babies. Um, and obviously I own the current company. Um, and then my husband and I had a lot of joint mixed stuff. So he had his own entertainment company. It was really big service, the whole East coast. Um, we had a smaller entertainment company. We had a casino company. We, (laughs) we had, we had a cinema draft house with some partners. You Uh know, you you learn a lot about people and partners for sure. Um, and then lots of other small little things that were all tied to real estate, construction, you know, mm-hmm. people that had smaller companies that needed investors and help. We were kind of in the mix of so many other things. So our hands were in so much stuff. Um, he and I were both entrepreneurs at heart. I, um, I'm dating somebody who's in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And some of our differences sometimes are that. Like, I... Sometimes I work late and sometimes I'm up early and sometimes I get a weird day off, but it's, it's the ebb and flow of my business where when you're in corporate life, you know, you're getting a regular paycheck, you, you know, you're responsible for things, but it, it's a different feel, right? Mm, right. So it's kind of educating someone else on being an entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. most people, if you're an entrepreneur, it, it's in your heart. Like you may not have launched yet, but it's something that you want to do. Right. My, my own daughter has come to me and said, I have an idea. Can we talk about it? Absolutely. I know that's exciting for you. Well, and I taught a class um, for someone in a group that that, um, James and I are in, um, and her son attended the class, and he's young. And he went to his mom a couple months ago and said, Miss Bonnie gave me, I'm going to go do this, and and she's the reason why I want to go do this. Uh, I'll take that all day long. Mm. A young person sees yeah. the value in having something on their own. He's 16 oh, years old. He, he is. built a website to do 
to do um, direct shipping, drop mm-hmm. shipping. So he doesn't gotcha. even have the inventory. He just right. partners with the company. Yep. And he's selling like flame oil diffusers, you know, and he's already got his first order. He's 16 years old. Yep. He's already got this this yep. e-marketing business going. Yep. And and so I, I told Amy, I was like, hey, just have him call me. I'll give him an hour completely free of coaching time. Like, I want to know what his plan is, where he plans on going with this, what he's going to do. And she's like, you will? I'm like, absolutely. Because yeah. that drives me. Like, I... So my platform along my life has always been children are our future. We need to teach sure. teach them well because yep. they're going to build the way, right? Mm-hmm. It's a song and I know. But mm-hmm. I loved that line because it's important. Like if we're not teaching our younger generation how to become a, an adult mm-hmm. in the world, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like I feel so blessed because I had that. I had a, I had some great teachers. I had amazing parents. I really got that structure coming up. Like these are the things that you need to know in life. Yeah. To be good. You start and, out with a good foundation. Right. And you watch mm-hmm. the business things that both of my parents were into and off I went. Nice. Yeah. So your daughter has a business idea? Not yet. So she has an idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a little piece of it, but she's like, I um, we're, I I want some time to work on it and put some things together and then I'm going to come back to you. But I wanted to know if you would be interested in having that conversation with me. And I was like, absolutely. Nope. I'm not going to do that. I love Absolutely. It. I will. Yeah. Well, I, it's. I joke, it's in her blood. Mm-hmm. Like it's in her blood, hundred percent. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch what she does. That's exciting. All right. Any last parting words of wisdom for next year for us? Make your plan and stick to it. And if you don't have an accountability partner, find one. Mm-hmm. You need someone who's going to keep you accountable on a quarterly basis to what you've decided to do. Mm-hmm. And it can be anybody. It can be your partner or spouse too. If you're not in a position yeah. where you can bring on and pay for, but you need somebody who's going to keep you accountable to where you say you're going to go. Mm-hmm. All right, so you don't just work in Florida. You work anywhere? I work anywhere. You work anywhere. I work anywhere. So let's uh, let's tell the world how to get hold of you if they want to find Bonnie. How do they get hold of you? Uh, They can find me on the web. Mm -hmm. If you Google my name, Bonnie Gizriel Magger. It's a big, long last name. You can't miss it. Do I need to spell it? I'll post it. Oh, he's going to post it. So post it and find it. Yeah. If you just Google me, you will find every way to get in touch with me. Okay. Well, we are so glad you're here. Anything else? No, I just just want to say thank you for taking the time and coming in. This is fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, uh, so let's see. We'll get you on the calendar for some time next year too. We Absolutely. can start talking about future plans. Yeah. Well, excellent. That was uh, that was our great podcast. Thank you very much, Thanks. Bonnie, and uh, thank everybody for listening. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.